Hello and welcome to the Around the Campfire podcast. We're happy to have you here. We are, I think we're on episode 11. Yeah. Or 12. 11. 11. I think so, yeah. Um, good to have you here. We're going to be talking about some camping stuff, um, some cold weather camping now that the weather has turned here, at least in Michigan. Um, it's nice and nice and brisk out these days. And yeah, so, I was frost on my car the other day. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, officially put the ice scraper back in your car. Well, for you, I have. Oh, I have like a really good cold weather system in my car. Oh. So heated just... windshield, heated seats, steering wheel, mm. heated rear window. Mm. So I just double click the old so, remote start. <clears throat> I have a I have an I have a remote start on my car that works like eighty four percent of the time. I mean, that's the upper percentile. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not upset about it. It's just more like. Why only 80, like what's happening the other 16% of the time? And I've changed the batteries on the remote. Nothing. So I don't know. Hopefully this winter we have good luck. I'm one for one so far in 2021. Um, but I definitely still have to scrape ice off my car. Well, so. Maybe you'll be two for two in 2022. Mm. Mm. Maybe. maybe, maybe, maybe. If, if I only have to use it two times in, in 2022, I, uh, I'll be in good, good shape. Uh, yeah, it's not gonna happen. You're no, gonna I like snow too. So, times. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not mad about snow. Um, but yeah, so sorry, um, everyone. We're a couple of days late, um, but for good reason. Devin has some exciting news. Yeah, I have a new job after four years at Apple. I left on the 27th of October, and then I've had a crazy week. Uh, so Seth and I really couldn't get together. I was onboarding and finalizing a bunch of paperwork running errands <laughs> like doing everything i possibly could because I, I gave myself a couple days to try to make the transition smooth and for the most part it was um but yeah so i'm no longer an apple employee uh i now uh, uh do sales uh for freight logistics so i work uh eight to five monday through friday Living the corporate life. Nice. Yeah. So what's the overall emotion? I mean, I'm sure it's been a whirlwind. Leaving one job that you've been at for four years and then yeah. starting at a new one. Yeah. I'll have to maybe uh, see if I can uh, get Kelsey to send me part of the video. But it was bittersweet. Hmm. Um, obviously, there was a lot of emotion that day for some people. Um, I was leaving mm-hmm. and uh, I had been a a pillar at our store. So, um, you know, it was, it was, I got more sad and emotional than I thought I would. There's mm-hmm. definitely some people that I, um, struggled to say bye to and like, Hey, I'm not going to see you guaranteed five days a week. Um, right. But, uh, there was, you know, some other things I was just like, peace out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, let's get out of here. And then actually you, uh, Maddie, Paul, Rachel, and Kelsey and I all went out for dinner afterwards. Which was lovely. Yeah, it was. Very it was a delicious. Time. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, like I had a bunch of people clap me out. It was like a, a celebration. It was really fun. Um, and then um, I got to spend uh, the rest of my evening with some of my favorite peeps. Nice. So yeah, yeah like my fault that we've been on the delay. Um, well, we're you know better late than never. Exactly. We're I, here. I promise I will do it again. <laughs> so, yeah. this will not be the last time we 
our our off schedule. That's for sure. Um. Anyway. Yeah. Seth, um. Per usual. Yep. You and I are chilling. <clears> we're <throat> hanging out. Um. And I um have something sitting in front of you. Uh. Yeah. Um. So. I'll go. I'll, I'll go ahead into the description here. I see a hop. Like if I was gonna oh. take up fruit and make it look like a hop on the outside, um, this is what I think it would look like. So it's kind of like a greenish, army green. It almost looks camo a little bit. A little bit. Um, it's it got was, like these little tough to find burrs on it that like look pointy, but they're like not pointy, you know, and. Let's see if I can get a better look here at at it. It, it feel wise, it's um kind of soft, but firm. Definitely firm. And the inside is is potato-esque with some seeds. Um and then it's got like a a weird middle part that I, I would not want to look that looks like the heart of an anchovy. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah. Um. But all in all, I'm excited. If I was gonna name this fruit, I would name it um a turtleback a turtleback a turtleback yeah it does have a little bit of a scaly background yeah or you know outer shell um not what what's it smell like to you Ooh, my smell still isn't great but nothing i get nothing okay so i that could be me though it could be you i'm not yeah, i'm not i'm sure. not like my s- smell isn't 100 percent back um <clears throat> so uh I, I accidentally bruised the fruit. So the bruise that we see is from me because it said, how to choose a ripe one, gently squeeze it in the palm of your hand. Do not use your fingers. I use my fingers. How does that even happen? I'm not sure. How do you squeeze with the palm also, of your hand? Also, the non-ripe ones are like very green, like mm. green, green, um, and like not as soft and so i i thought i was gonna pick one of those but it's kind of like an avocado you gotta wait till yeah. like brown a little soft a little squishy it's it's not really possible to squeeze in the palm here <laughs> no palms aren't known for squeezing so whoever wrote that i would like a tutorial uh, but i believe <clears throat> um the sticker said it is a product of peru otherwise okay. known as peru no oh. um and this is called a cherimoya cherimoya I can't yeah. believe I didn't guess that. I I really thought that you were heading down the right, uh, kind of like the right road yeah. there. Well, should we dig in here? Um, What's the? How do I? How do I do this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can pick it up, kind of like the dragon fruit, and then just, and then take just a, spoon some into my hand. Sorry. Yeah. So, um, the okay. flavor, Ooh. the flavor that Google says it tastes like is wild, and I'm curious hmm. to know what what you might. So it's it's texture is not hard like a potato just it's it's like looks like a potato but then you like scoop it out with a spoon yeah they said you could spoon it you're so. very it's a little bit firmer than the dragon fruit but not by much okay here we go so i'm going to describe what google says it's supposed to taste like and then you tell me maybe what you see okay um the flavor is a heady mix of banana pineapple with perhaps a little strawberry and kiwi <laughs> It sounds like 90% of Tropical Smoothie's menu. <laughs> Why don't they just make these? Um, just throw it's this fruity taste is light and refreshing, but the creamy custardy texture is comforting to eat is what it said. I Honestly, I would agree with that. So, 
<laughs> as soon as I as didn't get as all of said, those fruits, believe it or not. As soon as Google gave me the f- flavor profile, I was like, "Well, that's <laughs> that's that, very that's complex." All fruit. Okay. You don't want to eat the seeds. Mm, I'm not. Okay. I can see where they get that. Um, I think it's pretty good. Yeah. In terms of flavor, yeah, it's very good. Um, custardy. Yeah, it does have like a, a creamy finish, which is which is nice. Um, whereas like like a strawberry definitely doesn't. I wonder what these taste like. Not ripe. Like, are they sour? Are they bitter? It was much harder, like hmm. very firm. Interesting. Like um, maybe like a a softball hmm. or like a like a baseball. You have like a gotcha. little bit of like. Right. There's a little sponginess, the, but not almost, yeah. Not barely any. Yeah. Um What are your thoughts? We only have one spoon, so Yeah. Do you want to hand me the other half? Yeah. Real quick. Um I I like it is re- it's way more refreshing than right. I thought it would be. Yeah. It's um <clears throat> juicy. Yeah, um, if someone put that down in front of me, first of all, I don't think I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to eat that. Because <laughs> yeah. that one spine in the, in the middle looks kind of weird, and then the seeds are large and brown, in, and in, they just don't look in my. Pleasant. They're like all throughout the fruit. I was expecting the seeds to be like just on like, because we cut it, just it, on the top. it was cut in half, and so I was assuming there was like seeds in the middle of it, which I guess doesn't make sense because if you cut well, it like at, an a, apple. at different ang- yeah, I was thinking it was going to be like an apple. And then like, as I spooned in deeper, there was more seeds. So it's like, honestly, threw me off a little bit with this, this, this fruit throws me off and I'm about it. Yeah. It tastes like, good. It's, it's, if it, if it wasn't for the seeds, it'd be very easy to eat. Yeah. Uh, the seeds make it a little difficult. Yep. Flavor wise, though, if I'm going strictly flavor, seven nine. Yeah, I would agree, and I'm I'm putting it just below, like a point one below dragon fruit. Yeah, because dragon um, fruit is just easy to eat. Yeah, and and as far as ease of eating it on a bus, I'm going six two. It's yeah, not the worst, but yeah. it's definitely not. Like, if you got good with it, if you just had, like, a pocket knife, you could probably eat that whole thing with just a pocket knife. But then you're left with, like, all the seeds. Like, where do you put the seeds as you're eating it? Yeah. You know? It's kind of a whole thing. Yeah. But ultimately... It does look on the exterior like a dragon egg. Yeah. Yeah. For you sure. could definitely convince me it was. Yeah, like, if... So... This actually was a prop in game... <laughs> I'm kidding, was it? <laughs> I thought I recognized it. Um, what do you have for me? <laughs> yeah, I have some beer, as usual. Um, I got a beer from Oddside, which is a another Michigan brewery. Um, it's actually located not that far from your house. It is the same building I my wedding reception was in. Actually, I got married in a, a not at Oddside, but like <laughs> I above. got married in a brewery. Um, <clears throat> but they have a lot of good beers, and this is a Mayan Mocha Stout, and so. It is inspired by Mexican hot chocolate. It is carefully blended with Dutch chocolate coffee, cinnamon, nutmeg, and habaneros, Nothing which will leave Mexican you Mexican like Dutch. 
I'm sorry. You know, I don't know. Nothing makes me think of Mexican hot chocolate. <laughs> like Dutch. Dutch chocolate. I don't know. Maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's, you're good. Um, no, it's legit. I, I it says it sip. will leave you with the perfect balance of chocolate and heat. And so, you know, like I said, it's getting colder here. thought we might want something that would warm us up on this brisk evening yeah honestly yeah it's it's tasty it's um a lighter stout almost reminds me of like a like a darker porter um but it's tasty yeah definitely some chocolatey notes Mm -hmm. um i'm about it yeah i'm about it um so update on me in my life as well um so i went to Michigan, Michigan State game this weekend. Yeah, I'm jealous. Big, big game. I didn't actually go to the game. Go green. Uh, yes, go white. Um, I tailgated, and <clears throat> so we were there. Got We left West Michigan at 5.30 a.m., got there around 7, and it was absolutely packed. The whole, I mean, car, like, couldn't oh, yeah. breathe. We ended up getting a spot. <clears throat> we We had fun, ate some good food. Had what the game on. Um, we had brats, and then people oh. brought a bunch of sides, so pasta salad. I love a good brat. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong. Can't. Um, had some beverages that were delicious. Um, and so in the competitive nature of the day, um, me yeah, and a couple like- of friends, um, Jonathan and Josh, decided <clears throat> one of us has to be the fastest. And so we decided to do a little foot race. Um and I, so it depends who you ask, but, um, if you're asking me and, and anyone with, you know, a keen eye for, um, speed, speed, um, I won the race. Um, the reason it was so controversial is because I was rolling over the finish line, not, um, ah. not running. And so I dove for it. And by dove, I mean, I tripped. I just flat out, I'm some, suddenly I'm 40 years old and I tripped, landed full force onto my arm, smashed my Apple watch. Like, and when I say smashed, I mean like (laughs) the screen, the whole screen was removed from it. I was looking at the guts of it. I know people that work there. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I'm going to see if they can fix it for me. Not just the, uh, not just the, you know, the screen crack. No, fully fully broken off and i have uh i also i was shirtless for this even though it was really cold because do you, do you think this video <laughs> was anyone video oh there's three different angles of it yeah did you send this into barstool no no i no i probably should have i was shirtless for aerodynamics obviously right. hat was backwards didn't take off my Full apple watch took off my sweatshirt my shirt all that <laughs> didn't take off my apple watch smashed it rolled got second place in the race if you ask the wrong person and um i still don't have more than like 20 to 30 percent grip strength in my arm i don't think it's broken it's not off the table but like i can't even pick up like a water bottle (laughs) with with my hand without like (laughs) it hurting and so yeah the moral of the story is um don't get in a foot race Unless not first or last, it was also on the in the road on cement. It wasn't on grass. If I was on grass, I think I probably would be okay right now. Oh, you'd be a hundred percent okay. 
But no, we decided to do it in the road. And when you I, when you have a beer and then race, um, it you know doesn't always doesn't yeah. always end well. So we're it mixes in the stomach, right? Then, we're yeah. rehabbing up the wrist and the arm, and uh, hopefully we're you know you full don't, strength. You don't strike me as someone who races a lot. Oh, I'm very fast. I don't. I don't. And that's the issue is I, I have not sprinted better, When you years. get better, I I might want to race. I don't think I can remember <clears> the last time I was in a foot race. I, I like, couldn't either. You talking to me about this? I'm like, I kind of want to get somebody. in a foot race. In like sprinting, I haven't sprinted since in, intramurals in college. Yeah, same. Like, what, no one sprints these days. Like if you go out for a run, you're not sprinting. <laughs> you go out for a nice jog. No, I I shoot a gun up in the air and, <laughs> and like get down in on all fours and <laughs> sprinters ready, fire! <laughs> it was just me. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So that was, yeah. I I kind of was like, you know what? I should like just every now and then, like once a month, go to like a gym and like run a suicide. Like just do like two suicides, just to like yeah, just to keep that. You know, I don't even know what it would be. That what? <laughs> that in not endurance, but that like that skill. I mean, sprinting's a skill. Yeah, you never know when you're gonna have to run you away never from know. a killer. And or... I would have eaten it. Like I've made fun of people in scary movies who are like, "Was this your first time running?" And then I literally couldn't. It was like 25 yards. The race was like 25 yards, and I started stumbling halfway into it. People were saying, "Oh yeah, he's gonna fall." I was still 10 yards from the finish line and they're like, Oh, he's tripping. And I did. So it's like those videos I see all the time. House of highlights. Yeah. Barstool. Kook slams. Kook, yeah. Do you, oh, I love kook slams. Those are my, Jerry of the day. Yeah. Uh, those are great. Hall of me. <clears throat> I don't know that one. <laughs> it's that one's mostly like, um, skateboarders, mm. uh, falling. Yeah. Um, oh, People falling is the best. Have you seen the video? This is an old one. The dad sitting in the car waiting for to pick up his kids from school, and there's a slippery patch that every kid hits. And so it's like a 10-minute video of this dad dying hysterically laughing watching his kid. kids fall. They, they like, yeah, they fall, and then they get in the car, and then they continue laughing at other people who continue <laughs> to fall. People in the comments are like, what kind of person just watches kids fall and doesn't say No. He did the right thing. The video is hilarious. I every like first snow, I, I pull up that video because I'm like, I just need a good laugh. You know, uh, we'll have <laughs> to watch me. it after this. It's so good. It's like a video I, I, I came across <clears throat> recently. It was actually on TikTok of this um, family that keeps a tally of the cars that absolutely obliterate themselves on this hidden bump. Oh, in a road. And they go like sixty miles an hour, and like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they just <laughs> and they just sit there with on the window, and they just tally it. That's funny. <laughs> like, I don't often relish in other people's pain, but in certain instances, I do. I mean, that's what America's like funniest falling. Videos yeah. was. As long as it's not that was their bread and butter. Yeah, people. It gets a laugh like ninety five percent of the time. Yes, physical humor is is funny, and I'm about it. As long as someone is not right. critically we, injured. Yeah, we, no one wants to see someone like seriously your injury, get hurt. I'm fine with. Yeah, I'll recover. <clears throat> I'll be Hopefully. fine. This is, Hopefully. Um, people are saying this is my flu week podcast with this injury. Um, no, we already had our. <laughs> well, we didn't record, so I didn't, I didn't. we didn't show up. So, Fun fact, Oddside was the last place I went to um, before I got sick. Oh, so this beer is infected. 
I hope not. I, I hope not, too. I'm assuming it was in the store probably yes. before then. We're probably good. Well, should we get into it? Um, <coughs> I don't know. I kind of like the vibes that we're having. No, I'm kidding. They, yeah. they are good vibes. They are good vibes. Um, cold weather camping. Cold weather camping. I'm just going to throw it out there. Yeah. So I know a lot of people who... I know a lot of people, too. Yeah. I'm just very popular. Um, no, I know kind a lot of people of a who... Deal. Kind of not a big deal, kind of a big deal, not a big deal. Um, who don't consider cold weather camping? Um, they they hang it up come Labor Day um, because it's cold. You know, people don't like being cold. People don't like being uncomfortable. Agreed. Personally, I think, and and I'm talking more specifically to Michigan and probably a lot of other places as well, but really the the northern part of the u.s um, places that have a winter we'll say fall camping is some of the best camping yeah you can do there's no mosquitoes right and that's Just like gone. the biggest thing yeah like, i mean that is number one by a country mile yes um number two obviously the leaves beautiful the vibes yep. the ambiance number three i don't know what i put at number three um way way less people true way less people the same places in july versus the end of october yeah they'll have a quarter of the people it's true you can cook different foods and meals because if it's a little chillier yeah a nice chili yeah in the back country when in when it's cold out yeah Yeah. and like layers you're not sweating right and like absolutely dying you are comfortable because you're hiking so you're warm but you yeah. have these layers on that you can remove or add on and it just right. works. Yeah. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of people who don't like being cold and don't consider cold weather camping. They are not interested um, because they don't want to be cold. And so kind of what we're going to, we're going to go through here is just some tips and tricks. Some of our insights from our experience on how to cold weather camp and be comfortable or more comfortable and some stories. Right. And yeah, well, obviously we're, we're going to sprinkle in some stories um, along the way. Um, but really, um, this is hopefully about opening some of your guys' eyes up to how fun. Uh, no, 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 no. We shouldn't open people's eyes. This is a hidden gem. <laughs> You're right. Keep. We just talked about why it's so good. And so the best part of um, cold weather camping is that you're not doing it and we are in... Uh, We'll see you next week. Have have a good one. Uh, (laughs) Out. Um, Uh, Now we're back for those of you that actually want to know some things, maybe are curious about it. Right. And if if I know there's probably, well, I know for a fact, like some of my friends have been like, oh, like we should do this. And they're like, oh, no, my feet get cold. Like I'll be cold. It was like the last thing. Well, I I think it's valid because I think people. They just don't have good socks. Well, yeah that's that's a, ma- a main issue is not having appropriate gear so if you're going to cold weather camp it's not like summer camping you can you can kind of make it work with whatever like the you know you could go out with a jan sport backpack and like do an overnighter hey now and and be fine no i'm not there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying like no, that's I'm just saying don't jan sport boards that no no i'm with you i'm with you i'm just saying you don't stick you can, around that long without you know <laughs> A, cus- a good customer base. <laughs> That's true. Sorry, I'm just undermining everything. You <laughs> no, say you're tonight. good. But in the winter, you need a little bit more appropriate gear. Absolutely no cotton. 
And that should be (laughs) yes, an insulated Jansport backpack. Um, (laughs) No, you're going to want to invest in some good socks, some thick, warm socks, and you're going to want to take a good bag, multiple pairs. Yeah. And then like sleeping bag, sleeping pad, crucial. Um, All of that stuff, you have to have adequate gear or you will be cold. And so we're going to kind of go through some of that. Um, so we're going to start with gear um, and kind of work our way into it. And then we'll talk about some other things you can do to stay warm. Yeah. Um, and so gear-wise, I mean, we already said cotton kills. We've talked about this on a previous episode when we yes, talked we about did. gear. It's even more true in the cold weather. Um, and so we'll start, I guess, clothing and then work our way into gear. Yeah. I mean... <clears throat> The piece of gear that I use and I love the most, I have some merino wool socks mm-hmm. uh, paired with, um, I bought a secondhand smart wool base layer. So I have, think of it as long johns. Yeah. Really, it's like a long sleeve. Yep. Um, and then a pair of pants. Um, that, that's what I sleep in, which is perfect yeah. for me. Um, I normally sleep very warm. Um, I normally don't like sleeping in clothes. Um, but those, um, almost like they're just so tight, but non-existent at the same time. Right. Um, not restrictive or not restrictive. Yes. Yeah. Uh, if you've ever heard of a company called Viore, they make like buttery baby smooth clothing. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's they're, like it's just wearing like, mashed potatoes. It's yes. <laughs> but it's like wearing a cloud, like <laughs> right. you're just wearing a cloud. Something similar to that. So, like, it's just a nice base layer, an extra layer of skin um, that I put on. And then depending on how cold the day is or the night is, I may put a second pair of socks on at night. Um, Merino wool is just great. It stays really dry. It holds a lot of moisture, and it's still pretty thin. Um, Did I say holds moisture? You did. I was wondering. It wicks away moisture, holds in a lot of heat is what I was trying to say. Um, but it's still very light. And wool insulates when wet. Exactly. That's one of the key features of wool and why. Yeah, because my feet get so sweaty popular. sometimes. Yeah. Um, but that is that is just a little quick right. tidbit uh, because I don't actually have a super warm bag. Hmm. Um, I believe mine is a 20 degree bag. Yeah. Which is realistically a 30 degree bag. Right. It's a survival number. Yeah. And then That's, I'm actually borrowing. Paul's um, sleeping bag insulator, yeah. which is just a tiny little, almost neoprene, really, but it's just like, like a tiny little uh, thing that you can put inside of a bag that'll make it a little warmer. Paul, I need to get that back to you. Um, yeah. There's just a little insight. Personal kind of what you're. Devin Calero tidbit. Yeah. I, <clears throat> I typically run warm as well, um, but I. I like to wear boots in the winter unless I'm hiking on hard snow. Um, then I'll wear a trail runner still. But I like wearing a boot because it gets you that little bit higher ankle. And then I oftentimes will pair that with a gator. Mm-hmm. So I have ORs, crocodile gaiters, and that keeps the snow out of the top of your shoe. Um, it keeps you dry. They're not totally waterproof but they certainly help and so that's a great way of helping keep your feet dry keeping you know snow from packing into the top of your boot stuff like that 
I wear, I have two different base layers. I have one that's thin that I wear, and then I have another thicker one that's, I think, Under Armour that I pull out when it's really cold. And then, you know, your fleeces and your downs. And we've kind of talked about all this stuff. So the, the layering doesn't actually change too much. You're just going to add more of those layers. Right. And so it's important that you have stuff that fits and that the layers are appropriately sized so that if you're wearing all of them, you can still move your extremities, but you don't have to wear all of them. And, and kind of piggybacking <clears throat> on that, like you don't have to have super good gear. You can just add maybe a couple extra layers. Right. Obviously stay away from cotton. Right. But you don't have to have Under Armour, Smart Wool, yeah. Yore, these things that cost money. You can just throw on some Hanes Long Johns. Yep. Um, maybe two pair and then, right. you know, a couple extra socks or something yep. like that. And it'll do the job just fine as well. Right. Yeah. That's the beauty about that layering right. system. It, and you want to try it before you go. So you should try it al- before you buy it. You should always test your gear. I would say that's even more true for the winter because what works for me, what works for the guy that sells you this thing at REI, what works for the people online writing these things might not work for you. It's going to be a little bit different for everybody. So having your system where you kind of know what you're going to do and you kind of know, okay, I'm typically cold. So I'm going to throw in, you know, these extra layers because of that, or, you know, my feet get cold really easy. So I'm going to bring in, you know, these thicker socks and and you might even need a size bigger boot. You know, and you right. can kind of plan for that. If winter camping something you really get into, that's where you can kind of start doing some of that stuff. Obviously, you're not going to go buy a new pair of boots for a one weekend thing. Um, it's it's but yeah. funny that you say that <clears throat> uh, because I made the mistake one time of not trying before I, I bought. Mm. Well, technically I did, but I didn't I didn't really um, try before I was going to the specific conditions that I was going to. So, mm. um I went on a trip to the Pike and San Isabel Isabel National Forest in the beginning of May, end of April uh, in Colorado. It's very cold that time of year. Yeah, it's pretty chilly. Mm -hmm. Daytime, totally fine. Yep. It's like 40 to almost 60, 65 degrees, like depending on where you're at. And the first couple nights we stayed in a different area called the Royal Gorge. It was very warm there. I had no problems. I was hammock camping. Mm. Now, the thing you have to take into consideration when you're hammock camping is that you have air going over you and you have air going under you. Um, And you don't have a tent keeping any of your heat in. And then you have this vacuum sucking all of the heat away from you. uh, And you don't have the ground really to just... It's kind of like a bridge. So bridge may be icy. Same thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't put that into consideration. So, <laughs> uh, some of the most awful nights of sleep I think I've ever gotten in my life. Um, we'll actually end up posting a picture of uh, the morning I woke up. But um, it was before I had my base layer that I just spoke about. I still had really thick, nice wool socks on. Um, but I was in uh, Adidas soccer pants. And... Um, a really good top so i had like a really nice uh long sleeve and then a melanzana hoodie Mm -hmm. which super great yeah um but because i was in a hammock the nights that were like 25 degrees 
for me were actually 10. <laughs> um, and I was wearing, I was using a 33 <clears throat> backpack. And so the first night I am, I wake up absolutely shivering. My feet are ice. I'm sitting there trying to warm them up by like grabbing my feet. <laughs> um, and it's like, it's none of it was going to work. And so I just battle myself from like 2 a.m. until 7 a.m. And then at 7 a.m., we woke up and I was fine. Still energetic. Uh, and then the next night, we used what is like a survival blanket trying to mm-hmm. insulate certain things. So that's like the gold, shimmery gold and silver blankets that you see sometimes. You see people wrapped around them after like a marathon. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're really good at... Um, reflecting. Ref- yeah. like Reflecting the heat back at you. Exactly. And it's really good if like the sun's shining on you. <clears throat> it's not good at night when you're under a tarp <laughs> in a hammock. But what we're trying to do is create a thing underneath of my... Right. Um, so under, like normally... Under quilt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You, you beat me to the punch. So normally when you hammock camp, you have something called an under quilt. Sorry. I'm still your it's thunder. O- it's okay. Uh, and essentially that is like a blanket <clears throat> or a quilt or like a big thing that hangs underneath of your... Uh, hammock and it's meant to block some of the air that flows underneath of you and steals a lot of your heat uh, while also trapping the heat that your body makes um so i tried making a makeshift one and the wind was just like yeah so like it was just it yeah. didn't work at night um you had a piece of tin foil trying exactly. to keep you warm underneath yeah. yeah and then eventually like i i threw my backpack <clears throat> i threw everything inside of my hammock with me just trying to like mm-hmm. stay warm um, terrible experience. Would I do it again? Yes, because in the moment and during the day, we still had so much fun. But that's just an example of right. poor planning, right? Preparation, preparation, preparation. Yeah, yeah. I and- was fine the first two nights in a completely different area. That forest at that a different elevation just got a right. lot colder. That el- the elevation throws in a whole other factor because you'll be fine. At, you know, 7,000 feet, you're going to be warm and toasty, and you get up to 11,000 feet, and all of a sudden, the weather is 1,000% different. You go from, you know, a pretty much dry ground to eight feet of snow in a matter of a few thousand feet, like if you're in Colorado or in any of those high elevation places. And so, having your gear and knowing what it is capable of and the limits of it, as well as your limits, is very important. Um in in like sleeping bag, I mean, we we briefly mentioned it, but like a twenty degree bag is not comfortable sleeping at twenty degrees. So if you look at the weather and you say, "Oh, it's supposed to get down to you know thirty degrees," and my bag's a thirty degree bag, I'll be fine. Um, probably not. You're going to be freezing. Um, you won't hopefully die, um, but you definitely shouldn't test those limits on that bag. Um, and another thing to consider <clears throat> with that is your sleeping pad. So your sleeping pad has what's called an R value and it's essentially the ability of this item to not allow heat to pass through it. Um, and so the problem with R values though is there's no standard, you know, way of testing it. There's no, Oh, this pad is this R value. This pads, this R value. Um, that's going to be the same because they're the same R value. If they're made by two different companies and tested by two different companies, they're assigning their own R value to it. And so there's room there for some interpretation a little bit. 
And I don't think these companies are deliberately like lying or trying to make their product sound good. And that's somewhere where the reviews are great because the reviews will tell you, oh, this is actually more consistent with, you know, this R value. Um, but the higher the R value, the better it is at keeping you warm. Yeah. And, and <clears throat> don't get it confused with like the R value of houses because mm-hmm. there's insulation for R value of houses. Yeah. Similar, a little different though, because it means the same thing. It doesn't work the same way. Yeah. Because we're, we're talking about like two <clears throat> layers, whereas that is like different walls right? and, and things like that. Yeah. Just so you're aware. Yeah. And, and, um, people often forget the thing they don't think about when they're preparing for cold weather is that the ground steals most of your heat. If you're sleeping on the ground or in a hammock, even the underside of you is where you're going to lose a majority of your heat. Um, especially if you're using like a down sleeping bag, because if you're using a down and even synthetic, but even more prevalent in down sleeping bag, when you lay on it, it compresses the down or the material. And when you compress it, it loses its ability to store warm air. And that's all down is doing is it's creating a mem- almost a membrane or a, a barrier of warm air between you and the cold air. And it holds really well. But when you lay in your sleeping bag, you're, you're essentially taking that away. And so a good sleeping pad goes a really long ways in terms of keeping you warm. Yeah, uh, and and just uh, for reference, uh, sleeping pad R ranges value from less than two being really minimally insulated to five and a half or more being well insulated. Yeah. Uh, so when you're looking at those numbers, <clears throat> the larger or greater the number, the more insulated it is, right. i.e. going to keep you warmer. And if you are, you know, looking at, buying something for cold weather camping and you're like, ah, do I buy this nice fleece or do I buy a good sleeping pad Buy the bag, the, the pad or the bag, sleeping bag, sleeping pad. So much more important. Um, you can get by with a crappy fleece realistically. Yes. No, um, a hundred percent. I double up my sleeping pads, even, even on some trips, that you have to. Yours has a bunch of holes. I don't it. have to. I choose to. I have a Thermarest. I think it's a Solite. It's just like a foam one. It's a closed cell. So that's that's kind of a buzzword, which essentially just means it's going to have a better R value. Um, and they're they're pretty cheap. They're not that expensive. They're thirty bucks or something like that. You can a lot of times get yeah, them like used. Thirty to fifty bucks. Right. Um, <clears throat> and so I'll put that down, and then I'll put my inflatable sleeping pad on it. And you're creating this barrier where the ground isn't going to steal your heat. And then I have a 20 degree bag that I throw on. And then I, I also use like on really cold trips, I bring a quilt that I stuff inside of my sleeping bag that just provides a little more warmth. Um, it's actually an under quilt. So it's, it's Kamek is the brand and it's, is it it a down under quilt? It is. Yeah. I was going to say they're amazing. Yep. So in like hammock camping, as Devin from Devin's story, we know you want to have an underquilt. You're better off on the ground. Yes. <laughs> if you don't, because uh, there's essentially there's and this is like basic thermodynamics, but there's there's four ways your body loses heat, um, or anything loses heat: evaporation, radiation, conduction, convection. And so, 
when you are in a hammock, you're losing that to convection. As the air comes over you and under you, it is stealing that heat away from you. Um, and so you definitely want to have an underquilt. And I also throw my sleeping pad in my sleeping bed ba- or in my hammock. Yeah, same. Just gives me a little one more layer and stuff. That's um, one of the things you did, isn't it? Uh, barely helped. Yeah, no. It, it, if that's all you have, it's not going to make a huge difference. Um, a long time ago, inexperienced. Hey, Evan. It, it. We've all had those moments. I, now I'm here. <clears throat> you can learn from my right, mistakes. Exactly, Look and I. I've had cold nights of sleep while I was prepared. And so, Oh, and that's bound to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's it, just part of it. I, I, um, but my second summer when I was guiding, we went on a trip in May and it was a huge snow year. It was 2019, like record breaking snow that year and stayed cold long. And so we got up the first night was fine. <clears throat> and normally I sleep under a tarp, you know, Devin makes fun of me for it. This time we brought a tent because we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I, just, I, I give you humbling amounts of shit. Right, <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. That's, yeah. um, but we brought a tent. I brought my three season tent because I'm like, it is, it's cold. The wind's going to be bad. You know, we want a little more protection. And so we brought it and it's not a four season tent, Um, but it, it does, it handles the elements very well. It's a very good t- tent. Um, It's Alps mountaineering. Um, very affordable, a little bit heavy anyway. Um, and so the second night, I'm not kidding you, like 60 mile an hour gusts all night, like howling winds. Um, I woke up, I have, so I have a down sleeping bag and I had had my quilt and I have my sleeping pad at this point. I just had the foam one and I woke up and by woke up, I mean, I opened my eyes cause I didn't sleep a wink that night. And I had like an inch, inch and a half of snow and ice on top of my bag inside of a tent that just was like whipping in. Yeah, because your body was, <clears throat> it was freezing. We, we had drifts of snow like stacked up against our tent. Um, it was a miserable night. It was, you're constantly worried about the weather outside because it's bad. And like, you're hearing it, you're hearing trees creak and crack. And you're surrounded by, if you've ever hiked in Colorado in the San Juans, dead pine trees everywhere. People are like, Oh, you should never camp under a dead tree. I would challenge you to go find a safe place to camp in the San Juans, (laughs) not by a dead tree. You cannot do it. And so you're just, you're thinking about that. I'm thinking about all of I'm guiding. So I have other people's concerns. I'm worried about, you know, if something happens to them, it's cold and we had adequate sleeping bags and stuff. And I was warm in my sleeping bag. And by warm, I mean, I was chilled, but I was bearable. I wasn't like my, my jaw wasn't chattering. And so that wasn't the issue, but I could see the snow accumulating on my bag. And I know I'm like trying to get rid of it, but like, I know if my down sleeping bag gets wet, it will not insulate me the rest of this trip. Like it's not going to dry out in time. So you're worried about that. And it ended up, that was the only rough night. That was our highest elevation we were at. We went down after that and we were fine. Everything dried out, but it was so cold. Um, and we were on, we were camping on snow, like eight foot of snow, like a lot of snow. And yeah, this is actually kind zero of a insulation. There, yeah. Either. Right. But I, I sometimes prefer sleeping on snow. You can dig in a yeah, little bit. You yeah, can yeah. dig in and it insulates a little bit. Yeah, that's true. And it's comfortable. It can be comfortable. You kind of shape it to how you want. 
So I don't, the snow part, I didn't mind, but with that, you have to have, you put in tent stakes different. Yep. And so if you're ever camping in snow and you're securing your tent or whatever with stakes, instead of putting them in like you would where you shove them in the pointy end down, you put them in horizontal. So you dig a little trench, you put the stake in through the loop horizontal and so it's the stack, like if you were to drop the stake on the ground and it's laying flat, that's how you put it in. Um, and then you pack snow on top of it. And so we did that, We, you know, with all of our tents <clears throat> and it got so cold in the morning when we woke up, it was ice. We couldn't get to the stakes. I mean, it was literally like we were taking a shovel and, and like trying to chip away the ice. And so we're doing this all morning. Your hands are frozen. My shoelaces broke. It was so cold. That when I went to tie my shoe, there was enough moisture in it that it, it snapped. Like a like a dry spaghetti noodle snapped. A toothpick. Yes. Um, that's that's how cold it is. So your feet are freezing. Your hands are freezing. And you're just trying to pack up camp so you can get moving, so you can warm up. And so we're digging out these stakes. <clears throat> and I was digging out somebody's, um, one of the guys on the trip. And there is yellow ice there. And I'm like... <clears throat> what uh is right outside the entrance of the tent i'm like well, what do we got here and he's like it's like a 47 year old man it's not a kid it's 47 year i don't know he's he was in his 40s i don't know if he's 47 and he's like what i'm like is that pee and he's like well you said if i get cold and i have to pee i should go and not hold it that'll make it worse i said well that's true and he goes in the wind last night i don't know if you heard it i'm like oh i heard it and he's like i couldn't get out of my tent i would have I was worried I was going to blow away. I'm like, okay. And he's like, so? And I'm like, so you just peed? You just unzipped and peed out of the tent? He goes, not exactly. And I'm like, not exactly. And he's like, no. Did you pee in a bottle and like? He, not a bottle. So we have two cups on their trips, which we call it a two cup because it has two purposes, eating and drinking. And uh, that's all he had in there with him. Well, he had an algae, but it was full of water. And so he peed in his two cup. And then dumped it out. He's sleeping in this tent with some with someone right next to him. That person didn't wake up or hear. Um, so, and I'm like, so you peed in your two cup and then dumped it out. And he's like, well, yes. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, yes. And he's like, he's like, well, I'm like, I'm 47. I, I filled that thing up like four times. He's like, I'm like, thank you. Peed in a cup four times, stopping in between to dump your urine out. He's like, had got to do what you got to do. It was survival mode last night. I was, and I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm digging out this stake in yellow snow. He used that cup the rest of the trip. I'm like, it's your cup. And we, um, we actually gave it to him at the end of the trip. Cause we have like, there are cup, like the outfitters cups. And so we're like, we could have bleached it and stuff, but we we're just like, you know what? This is your, this is your cup. Now you guys have, you've done some personal stuff. We're just going to give it to you. And so, I mean, <clears throat> I've peed in a bottle before. Right. But you didn't have to eat out of that bottle the next morning. I'm not stooping to 47-year-old man low (laughs) Yeah. Listen, you bite the bullet. You just get out and go. Because first of all, you know this as as well as I do. You don't start and stop. No. It's not a good experience. No. And he did it like four times. (laughs) (laughs) That's just terrible. Yeah. But, I mean, he was was right. If, If you're really cold... You should go pee. You shouldn't hold yeah, it. He's not wrong. You yet. should get out. I, I, I've slept a lot of cold nights where it was sub 30 degrees. And 
every time I get out and pee and get back in my sleeping bag, I'm warmer and more comfortable and I sleep better. And so, yeah, cause <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So that's in, in terms of gear, you want the rating of your sleeping bag to be more than adequate. If it's not, you know, throw in a fleece blanket, throw in a down blanket, throw in a, a sleeping bag liner, do whatever, double up your sleeping pads, make sure you have a good sturdy tent that's going to continue to stand and block some wind. Then after that, you can, you can put stuff around the outside of your tent to block wind getting in and, and to further insulate. Um, uh, it, the, there's a plethora of things <clears throat> you can do. Right. Those are all some, some gear tips. Find a buddy. Right. Yeah. Sleeping with another person. Um, I mean, it's super I don't helpful. Mean that in like a weird way. Like no, yeah. Genuinely, someone, genuinely. It's better. Uh, if you're able to figure like hiking out with someone, yeah. share the tent. Right. You guys have that shared <clears throat> body heat inside of a confined yeah. space that'll help you. Right. There's also some, um, misconceptions out there like, um, sleeping naked in a sleeping bag will keep you warmer. It's not true. That ain't it. You you don't want to. A thing you want to avoid is over Wikipedia. overdress. Well, yeah, probably, <laughs> but you don't want to overdress. You don't want to wear so many layers that you start sweating. If you're wearing every layer you have and you're getting your sleeping bag and all this, you're like really hot and then you sweat. You know, again, especially if you're in a down sleeping bag, that condensation in the bag, that sweat is going to go to the down. It's going to reduce the loft. It's going to end up making you colder. And so from that angle. Too much is is bad, but like for me, when it's really cold, I sleep in socks, a base layer, and my melanzana that I can cinch around my face, and a beanie. Right. You know, that's for me that that works in ninety percent of like cold weather temperatures. Yep. For other people, they wear a little bit more layers. Other people wear less layers. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a beanie is actually a go-to for me because I can slide it over my. Oh eyes. yeah, yeah. And it's dark. Another thing you want to avoid when cold weather sleeping is burrowing into your sleeping bag and putting it over your face. Uh, you have to fight that temptation. I've done it and, you know, I was fine, but you it's not ideal because your breath has water in it. And so that condensation is in the bag. Again, same thing. Makes the bag wet and then you end up less loft in a wet bag takes a long time to dry. And so what you want to do is you want to cinch it down around your face. Um, and then you have your beanie and stuff on too, with just a small hole normally. It's just for a your small hole. Yeah. For your nose and your mouth. They call it a blow hole. At least that's what I've seen or heard. I don't know if multiple people do or, right. But right. you want to have Craig, a blow hole. Hey, Craig. Craig, look up if multiple people are calling it blow hole or that's a me thing. Um, but so yeah, that might be a lingerer for the next episode. <laughs> right. I think it might have to be. And by might be it totally definitely is. Definitely is. Um, so yeah, that's another thing um, in terms of sleeping in a sleeping bag. And then there's other things you can do to supplement the cold, or the, the to make you warm. Um, another a very popular one is um, heat up boil water and then put it in a Nalgene or something. Some closed. Uh, we'll make sure Nalgene's you can. A hundred percent. Not every water bottle is designed and made the same. Right. Uh, so double check just your water bottle. Nalgene's are for sure. Uh, they specifically advertise that you can do this. Yep. So if you own an Nalgene, you can put hot if, water, boiling if, water inside, and then you have that as well. If you have a Yeti or a Hydro Flask, you 
you can put boiling water in it, but it will not keep you warm because they are insulated. They are insulated. W- You'll wake that- up tomorrow morning and the water will still be warm. Which will be nice. And, you know, that might be a nice little drink for you. Might be, but you um, did nothing for yourself. Yeah, but no. So it has to be like a, a plastic water bottle. So that's a that's a good trick that people, you put that in the end of your sleeping bag yeah. and it'll it'll keep you warm. Another thing is you want you don't want empty space in your sleeping bag. So if you have extra clothes, shove it in the end where your feet don't quite reach the bottom. If they do, then great. Um, but, you know, you kind of do that. Also, if you have like wet socks and you don't want to take something that's soaking wet. Like if you have a, like you dipped it in the lake, you don't want to put it in your sleeping bag. But if you have like socks or Damn. a base layer, anything that's got a little bit of moisture in it, you can stick it in the bottom of your bag and it will be dry in the morning. And it's, that's a crazy trick. I don't know how it works, but it does. And so that's a good one, especially your socks. You don't want to wake up and put cold, hard, depending on how cold it is, frozen yeah. socks on. Um, and so that's a great trick, but you want, again, you want to be careful cause you do above that. You want your sleeping bag to be dry. So exactly. don't, your don't sleeping bag being dry <clears throat> is the most important right. thing. Whatever you do that would make that wet. Right. Is a no go. And so dampish socks, fine. Also, depending on how cold it is, you may or may not want to do that. Um, if you don't have that good of a bag because putting cold, damp stuff there, if it's, a poor bag, that stuff is going to freeze yeah. in the bottom of your bag. And then you, you're also, just if your sleeping bag is that well. bad though, you should upgrade. Yeah. But yes. Um, another thing I do is I put my raincoat, I zip it around my feet on really cold nights. And mm-hmm. so because one, it keeps water and snow off of it, but two, it's just one more layer of, they're also very good <laughs> windbreakers. Yes. Because it, yes. of, yeah. Breaks uh, the wind. So, yep, that's a that's another great trick. And then like hand warmers, taking hand and foot warmers, using those. Just um, make sure if you pack them in, you pack them out. Right. Yeah. Don't leave them. But those are, I mean, fairly light, and can be the difference between being comfortable and being cold. Yeah. Realistically, uh, you don't want to bring too many, and or you and you don't want to rely on them. That's more of a comfort thing. They're not going to save your life. Um, because they only last for a few hours, but they're not a bad thing to have. Um, for yeah, it's a cheap alternative if you're not able to do right, other things. Right, for sure, hundred percent. So that's a that's a good thing to have as well. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the a lot of the there's a there's a lot of cold weather camping and those things where there's a lot of theories out there. Some of them are very good. Some of them are like. Like for the longest time, people really believed. And even today, you will find people who will be like, no, you got to sleep naked in your sleeping bag. Like it's 100%. It's way better. It's like if it cool. works for you, Let's great. Let's go out together <laughs> but on, a, on a negative day. Right. The science behind it. how you and it, I do. It doesn't check out. Because there's not a single bag on this planet <laughs> that is relatively affordable yeah. that will keep you comfortable and warm Yeah, if you're naked. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You're going to have to have NASA make that for you. And that ain't cheap. Um, but yeah, there's, um, trying to think of uh, some other ones. I always bring extra fuel. Yep. I always. Because, and then like tea bags or instant coffee are a great way of, of warming you up when you get really cold. Um, 
in the morning or, or even while you're hiking, if you're cold, it's a, it, you know, some warm, you know, boil some water, have some tea. It goes a long ways. And, and yeah, you're, I mean, the <clears> same <throat> thing you're, it, um, whatever you're doing to increase your core temperature yep. will help you a hundred percent. And I'd rather drink and, tea than just hot water. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. hundred percent. And then eat, eating high calorie calorie dense food items are good to eat in cold weather people actually recommend like if you wake up cold at midnight have like a cliff bar or a something that's really high calorie because digestion creates warmth yep your body's working it'll create warmth um, same thing um eating carbs yeah um so eating a lot of uh complex sugars yep um, your, same thing. your body's working, working to break those things down those and that down. produces heat. Um, I, I heard a long time ago, I think it was on like one of those discovery channel shows about living in Alaska or something like there's uh, always a new one. Yeah. It, it, this was a, a while ago, but there was a promo they ran and it said out here, if you sweat, you die. And it was just the most intense thing. And I was like, <laughs> okay, that feels extreme. And <laughs> it might be, I don't know. True to an extent, especially if you're in that extreme of an area. But I think the principle of what he was saying is very valid. If you're so hot that you're sweating, you are putting yourself in a dangerous situation because you are soaking your layers. Even if they're non-cotton and, and your stuff gets wet, it's still losing insulative value. And so you want to be dressed up or down to the environment you're in. And so if that means stopping a little bit more to shed a jacket, then that's what you do. Because if you start sweating, um, you're in trouble. So I just typed in, <clears throat> if you sweat, you die. Yeah. And it actually uh, pulled up Les Stroud, which if you guys don't know who that is, a survivor man. Mm, mm-hmm. Les Stroud. You sweat, you die. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's what it's from. I know it was like discovery. Yeah, survivor Channel. man, Les Stroud. Yeah. That's hilarious. And so that might be a little extreme, but there's probably some, some, well, not probably, there is some truth to that. You want to be dressed up or dressed down And kind of the, the rule of thumb I always gave people on my trips when we were getting ready in the morning, because especially on those sub 30 degree days, people are waking up, they're cold, they're grumpy. They don't want to start hiking, but ultimately that's what you have to start doing if you want to get warm. And so we'd pack up camp. And then they would have all their layers on. They'd have their, their fleece, their down, all of it. And I would, every time I would say, nope, change. You are, you're overdressed. And they're like, no, like I'm, 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 I'm actually somewhat warm right now. I said, now, if you're warm you're now, moving. you will be hot when we're hiking. You should be cold now. If you're not cold right now, you are overdressed. And they would fight me on it. And anyone who took off a layer would always end up being comfortable 10 minutes down the road, everyone who refused, some people just refuse. They're like, nope, cold. I'm not doing it. 10 minutes down, we had to stop so they could take off their layer because they were sweating. When you get your body moving. Yeah, and you're carrying a pack. Yep. So it's not like you're just walking. You're carrying 40 pounds worth of whatever. You're hiking up a mountain a lot of times. You'll warm up. Now, the few, there, you know, there are some instances where, you know, you need to wear all your layers while you're hiking. They're Everest. very few and far between. Like Everest. they're not it's not often really realistically you should, you know, wear in yeah, some things like some hikes, my feet never warmed up. 
my feet were cold the entire time and numb. And by the end of it, well, you said like, that's like a thing for you though, right? Oh yeah. My feet are, yeah. I, my feet don't really get cold. I could probably count on one hand the amount of times my feet have been cold in my adult life, which I'm very, I'm very lucky, but my feet will feel like as if I just pulled them out of the freezer. I've touched ice warmer than my feet, but they don't feel cold to me. They just opposite for me. It's like when you, it's like when you bite into a hot pocket. That's how your feet are. Uh, they're so warm all the time. Yeah, I went. I was wearing Blundstones the other day, and um, it was actually uh the the Wednesday, my final day huh. at Apple. I was wearing yeah. Blundstones, but after dinner, I went and I visited a friend, and I took my boots off in his apartment, and my socks. <laughs> Were oh, embarrassingly wet. <laughs> it wasn't even that cold at that time. Yeah, even like the knuckles of <clears throat> like the not even the bottom of my foot, the top of my foot. Just I, just, I was just staring down just at my profusely. socks, and I was like, what? Oh, "That's what? embarrassing. That's funny." I'm looking like tiny thin socks. Yeah, my feet don't really sweat, but they will. They're always cold. Not, and I don't feel like they're cold. They're just always cold to the touch. Right. Like even right now, I'm wearing. I'm wearing actually darn tough socks. And I guarantee if I took my sock off and you felt my foot, you'd be like, oh, that's cold. But it, it I, I'm my, comfortable. I'm venting my sock. Like, I'm <laughs> venting my feet right now because they were getting too warm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Hey, uh, but we're blessed to not have cold feet. It's true. But, I mean, the issue is that when I'm in shoes all day, yeah. a hot foot inside of a shoe starts to create a smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've just, I have, like, chronically stinky feet. Yeah, it is what it is. I'll Wouldn't bother it. me because I can't smell right yeah, now, right? Same. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to check my notes. See if I m- uh, missed anything. Um, also, a good... Um, something I'd like to add, actually, is if you want to get into cold weather camping, car camping is a really good yeah. way to start. Um, it is uh, a way that um, you can entry-level, like, get into... Um, cold weather camping yeah uh, my brother and i did it we took a road trip out to um, montana um, wyoming yellowstone jackson hole big sky montana like i'm just naming certain locations breckenridge colorado we could, uh, snowboarding trip but also just like a, a trip away um and we car camped the almost the entire way um some days it was zero degrees mm-hmm. um, inside of a car. You're going to have a little bit more protection. Yep. Uh, I remember some mornings we were scraping ice off from the inside oh, yeah. of the windows because mm-hmm. your breath just collects yeah. on the windows and freezes. Um, but you don't have to worry too much. Like I was sleeping shirtless with some light um, yeah. uh, pants on uh, a beanie some socks and like you're fine you're comfortable uh but you're still able to go to some cool places wake up and do a really fun hike in the morning yeah. i remember one time we were trying to get to grand tarhee uh, which is a resort um in wyoming um that actually overlooks idaho but it's in the tetons it's like just on the other side of the tetons and we stopped in this parking lot and we we're like all right we're done looking for places to camp for the night. I don't even know if this is legal to camp here. Um, we it. had a tent. And so what we do is we'd put all the stuff that didn't really matter 
inside of the tent, outside the car, and strap it to the car so that we'd free up space in the car. And then I woke up in the morning, started my car, and the rear window started to dethaw, and like we were like the base of the Tetons. It was super That's awesome. awesome. I like I woke my brother up and I was like, "You'll never guess you, where we actually where you we should ended look up. out the window." <laughs> yeah, like where we ended up. We are right here. <clears throat> That's but cool. It, it, it's a good way because um, you're able to maybe bypass some of the entries, uh, the barriers to entry uh, for cold weather camping, um, and kind of just like get your feet wet to mm-hmm. say and just be like hey is this something i might be into yeah for sure i i have a friend who just he just starts his car and then wakes up and he's like i'm cold starts his car blares the heat for 10 minutes turns it off I'm like oh that's one way of doing it yeah yeah no <laughs> like we we didn't we would do i'd keep my car running and like so the lights were on and we'd get set up and then i'd be like are you kidding yeah. like yeah right the issue is like by doing that, like you're like, oh yeah, it's it's warm for like ten minutes, yeah, and then your body isn't able to adapt to the cold at all, yeah, because it's just like, well, you just had me at seventy four degrees, <laughs> and it's thirteen. What's going on? Yeah, so like we we'd leave the heat running, not super hot heat, but like enough, and then we the shut it down, and then and then go yeah. to bed. Um, and we were you know everywhere from you know ten thousand feet to eight thousand, seven thousand yeah. feet. And, and went on having a blast. <clears throat> I uh, have a buddy who would, um, he would do jumping jacks and push-ups before he got in his sleeping bag on cold nights because he just generate some heat, get hot, and then get have into his radiate. bag and have it radiate into the air in the bag. And then that was his trick. I never did that one because I would be too sweaty. Um, but yeah, that's 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 another trick. A few a few last minute thoughts and then we're going to wrap it up because we're hitting hitting the end of our time here don't run a stove in your tent that is going to put off carbon monoxide <laughs> and kill you please i hope that's a given <clears throat> i know please, do please, not please. have a fire or something that produces carbon monoxide in an enclosed space please um that's a that's a no-no um but some buddy heaters are safe for indoor spaces you should research the product itself in most in, of them will have something right in the marketing in this stuff right. on the on the box that you buy that right. says hey this is safe right and so don't assume it is um and, and and look out for for hypothermia and stuff you don't it doesn't have to be negative 40 to get hypothermia or frostbite it can be 40 degrees and you can be hypothermic and frostbite and so you know if you start shivering uncontrollably um slurring your speech you know you're confused um feeling lethargic shallow breaths or even feeling like if you're with somebody and you see them start to do things that that don't make sense they start acting unreasonably as in taking off their clothes like that's a thing on everest that people have done like one guy there's a story of him taking off all his clothes and jumping off the top of everest and they figure he had hypothermia and his brain just started not to work and not to register the cold. Yeah, I can't imagine. <clears throat> if you're ever in these situations, you know, go into active warming, um, which means they get all the layers. You are warming up water to get it into their system. You are you are doing those things and you are getting to a warmer spot. Um, um, same thing is if you are camping with someone or with anybody, be vocal. If you are feeling yeah, cold, right? If you're unable to warm up, yep. 
let them know, you know, right. Hey, I can't get warm. I'm feeling very cold. I'm very uncomfortable. Maybe they can heat up water. Like Seth was saying, right. Um, they can, they can do some stuff for you. Don't try to like, for lack of a better term, be a man. Right. Like don't, don't do that. Right. It's, it's cold is not something to mess around with. It's, you know, if you are hiking and camping in cold weather, it's, it's one of the most serious things, um, that really there is in hiking and camping. Like your, your chances of injury or issue in cold weather versus an animal, you know, most people fear grizzly bears and mountain lions and stuff. No, <laughs> cold weather is a much bigger threat if you're in cold weather. And so also, being prepared for that. Bears are hibernating in cold weather. You don't have <laughs> well, to worry about Right. Them. But just in general, um, and yeah, be prepared. Do your research. This podcast does not act as a end all be all. It'll. This is just some helpful tips and stuff that we've done or read and, and heard. So that that is it on cold weather camping. I hope you get out and do something. Even if you're someone who says, you know what, no, I'm too cold. I hope you get out and do something in the cold, whether it be a day hike or a overnight or a weekend or whatever. Um, this world's just too beautiful to only use for four months out of the year. So exactly. Well, if you're in Michigan, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess um, if, if you're in Southern California, <laughs> have fun looking at all the ships in the Harbor. Right. Um, yeah. True. Um, if you listen to this week's episode, uh, hypothermia is going to be the code word. Mm-hmm. Please text us, reach out to us, hit us up on yeah. Instagram. I know like Seth said to, to start off the episode, uh, that, we were sorry. He keeps looking at something <laughs> to start off the episode that we were uh, a little delayed, a little behind. We're, we're really starting to focus back down and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, get some content out, out to y'all. Um, yeah. So if you listened, hypothermia is the word. Um, second of all, reach out to us and let us know what you want us to talk about. Yeah. Um, please DM us on our Instagram. The only email Instagram yeah. or anything and let us know like, Hey, we'd really love you to talk about, vampires cool we'll we'll send it yeah um we would really want you to talk about mount kilimanjaro cool i know some people that climbed it let's do it let us know what what you want seth and i to talk about so that we can bring you some fun content and some some fun seth and devin stories yeah absolutely um i next week will be um sharing the story on how the wind um the exploded um my lighter that was in my backpack and burned a hole through all of it next week so you showed me the picture yeah luckily osprey warrantied the bag but like yeah apparently they said like that wasn't the first no that was the thing is they like that was the first question i said hey i had an explosion in my bag i have no idea and they were like do you carry this type of lighter and i was like i'm not gonna expose the brand but like and i was like I think, yeah, I think yeah. that's what it is. Like, I wasn't sure. And then sure enough, that was the brand. And they're like, oh, yeah, this happens quite frequently. And in enclosed space where the wind hits it, it's something about the pressure changing. Yeah, we'll definitely share it with Yeah, you we'll so get all into it. We'll get all mistake. into it. It's a, it's a th- whole thing. But, yeah, I – sorry we're late, but better late than never. And I hope you guys have an awesome weekend or better, week whenever you're listening. Better never than late. Yeah, better Nate than lover. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. Out.